doing IRC Baba's Grace concluded Sri Sai Satcharita. <clears throat> we had left at 216, so we will start at 217. And uh, this is he should avoid speaking words which will sting and hurt, and not strike anyone in the vital spot. But should always engage himself in pure virtuous deeds, keeping his mind all the time firmly on his duty. Offer your mind and intellect to me. remembering me all the time such a one will not care what he befalls his body or when surely he is without fear he who looks up to me single mindedly narrates and listens to my self purifying tales and is devoted to none other but me his mind will become one with god he kept on telling everyone take my name surrender to me but to know who he was he exhorted the devotees to listen to and contemplate to his stories to one he advised Nam Smaran, that is chanting the name of God. To another, listening to the stories of God. To yet another, offering puja at Bhagwan's feet, Pres- prescribing different rules and observances to people with spiritual authority. Someone was asked to read Adhyatma Ramayana, another a reading of Nyaneshwari, with all its attendant rites. Yet another was asked to read Hari Varada, while someone else was instructed to read Guru Charitra. One was made to sit at the own feet, while another was sent at Khandoba Temple. Somebody else was forcibly, but with great loving concern, made to read Vishnu Sahasra Namvali, that is thousand names of Sri Vishnu. Someone was instructed to read Ram Vijaya. Someone else was explained the importance of meditation and Nam. Yet another was told to experience with faith the natural sweetness of Chandogya Upanishad and the Gita Rahasya. To some, this to others that. There was no limit to the various ways of initiation. Some were instructed personally and directly; others received it in a vision. The novelty of his ways were unique. Devotees of every caste and creed came running to him for his darshan. He would even appear in the dream of one addicted to liquor. Now, all these uh, things which are mentioned over here, where the guru instructs the devotees to read something or to follow a particular text. it is so that their spiritual growth happens through that see we are all connected to the spiritual through a different 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 nodes and when the guru is instructing you to do certain thing he is telling you because that is the way of reaching out to the divine so he would says to some people you read this book to some people he will read that book it is because we are in the close vicinity of those who are part of that book let us say for example there is nyaneshwari so it it has happened that the person who was being instructed to read the nyaneshwari was there with nyaneshwar at that particular moment in time so we have all come in groups and all these groups keep on getting repeated time and again sometimes we migrate to some other group as well because it so happens that our growth happens Uh, let us say for example how the growth happens right from advaita we may move on to dvaita it does not matter it absolutely does not matter we may move on to some other so it really has absolutely no you know like you cannot say that it is drawn in a straight line you can move laterally also you may move to another religion you may move to another you know belief systems also it really does not matter it's a part and parcel of the whole so whatever you have been instructed to read you should read sitting on the chest he would press down with his hands and feet until he promised with his hands on his ears that he would never touch liquor again and release him only after he took the oath to give it up totally just as astrologers draw pictures of hari and hara on the walls of marriages in the house similarly baba would write the mantra guru brahma etc for a devotee by going in his dream If someone practiced yoga sana or others practiced of hatha yoga on the sly, Baba would know it intuitively and would let him know it without mistake through pre-piercing words. This is uh, this is a very very special instruction which you will find that this this verse is particularly telling you that yoga sana that is hatha yoga and all those kind of yogic activities which are prescribed by the yoga yoga the babas that are there in this world. they are not at all to be followed the way we are supposed to you know like uh, somebody says okay you should do yoga you know you should join this classes or that classes and don't do that unless and until 
your lineage is from that particular group otherwise you will come up with a completely distorted body okay tomorrow you are you are going to have a pain in your back or your pain in your neck or you don't know what all you are going to have so kindly don't follow them see we are all on the path of what is called as you know what is the path that we are into we are not into any any path which is prescribed during those yugas now this time this kali yuga bhakti marg so that is devotional path only don't follow any other path it is of no use it's not going to take you anywhere on the contrary you will have to go to the doctor and get your back or this pain and all that removed from there pranayam today in today's day and age when there is so much of fog and there is so much of dust around us don't try pranayam also it's of no use because you know you require clean fresh air somewhere at least you need to do that pranayam properly with today's pollution and the type of things that are happening that again is difficult so baba himself would you know tell these people why why are you doing all these things it's not important to do getting hold of a stranger he would send the message can you not stay content with what you have have patience in in this devotional path you don't have to do any exercise you don't even have to put your you know head upside down please don't do that it's not important just follow the path of devotion that is all you know the four words is all that you need to have faith what faith surrender love and devotion that's it don't go after a fifth word also there is no need this is all that you need to have hmm to someone he would personally tell of a preemptory manner we are stern and unrelenting class we will try warning once and twice failing which we will resort to harsh measures it is like threatening your person if you go over there you see just you wait and see upar tanga ke rakh dunga tumko is like that he pays no heed to our words him we will cut into two and throw away even if it was our own child sai baba was endowed with all the excellence and a generous hearted mahatma how can i a petty lowly creature describe this mysterious deeds to some he gave knowledge and renunciation to others good thought and devotion some he disciplined with unblemished and commendable conduct in worldly life i will just narrate to the audience a pungent anecdote of an example Once at high noon, one wonders what came into Baba's mind. But he came near Radha Krishna Bai's house quite unexpectedly. There were some people with him to whom he said, "Bring, bring a ladder just now." One of them immediately went to bring the ladder which he placed there. Baba then placed it against the house and himself climbed on it to the roof. No one knew what plan he had in mind. The ladder was at that time placed against the house of Vaman Gonkar. Shri Sai quickly climbed the ladder, going on to the roof. from there he went to the roof of radha krishna bai's house which was next to gonkar's the roof also he crossed quickly no one could understand this mystery but at that time radha krishna bai was suffering from a severe attack of ague and was feeling very restless baba would walk only if two people on either side of him supported him when he was himself so feeble from where did the strength come at once he came down the slope of the roof on the other side to its edge and got the same ladder shifted there which he then used to climb down as his feet touched the ground he remembered to pay 2 rupees to the owner of that ladder very promptly without a moment's delay all the labor that he could boast of was that he put a ladder in two places and for that why did baba pay so generously people were naturally curious and asked ask baba why he gave so much money to the owner of that ladder then one of them took courage and asked baba replied never take even a least labor from anyone free then one of them took courage and asked baba replied Okay, they take work from others, but understand their effort and make it a rule never to take anybody's toil free. Who knows the real intentions as to why Baba did this? It is something that he alone knows. The mind of the saint is mysterious and incomprehensible. Our only reliance is to the word that we heard from his mouth, and if we resolve to act according to them, life in this world becomes smooth and free from trouble. And so the next chapter is even sweeter than this. an innocent child of a maid servant will solve the puzzle from the shrutis ganudas was divinely inspired haridas who resolved upon rendering into marathi the sanskrit upanishad called ishavasya for the benefit of the common man by sai's grace he wrote the book but some profound significance of some lines eluded him which left a doubt in his mind how did bagba resolve it sitting in shirdi baba said when you return to vile parle Kaka Dikshit's maid will resolve your doubts. 
and so in this cap chapter saraswati the goddess of speech will like a black bee fly humming and circling around the lotus of ishavasya of upanishad to enjoy the fragrance of which the ingenious listeners should employ all their arts and skill so this will be narrated in the next chapter the whole and the soul doer of action is sai the compassionate one listen to it or listeners at the proper time i will be it will be beneficial pant hemad surrenders to sai and bows humbly at the feet of the almighty and also to the living creatures may the listeners favor this say sweet narration about sai with their attention we'll be to all here in the 19th chapter of sri sai samarth satchit called the i receive baba's grace too as inspired by the saints and the virtuous and composed by the devotee hemad pant if you have any questions on this you can ask hmm? or if not then i will continue with the next chapter all right so i will continue all right if you have a question just write it down and maybe i will see it hmm? so now we are doing chapter 20th the essence of isha upanishad revealed this is from sai satcharita my obeisance to shri ganesh to shri saraswati to shri guru maharaj to the family deity and to sita ramachandra my most humble obeisance i bow in reverence to the most venerable guru shri sainath my obeisance to you o sadguru you are the manas lake producing pearls of gracious words and at whose feet the swans that is your steadfast devotees find an asylum generous hearted that you are you feed these protected ones on the pearls of your grace and establish them in their true self thereby liberating them from the bird death cycle how wonderful is this sai he is the very abode of the siddhas who have attained moksha his mere darshan mitigates the sufferings and weariness of the worldly life the delusions about which are destroyed on being continually in his company for those who are always with him basically sai is without form but in the cause of the devotees he has taken on a form and accepting the challenge of that great actress maya he too like a seasoned actor has played this part to perfection such is this sai whom we shall now bring to the mind let all let us go to shirdi for a moment and observe carefully what happens there after the midday aarti after the aarti at noon Maharaj would come to the edge of the parapet of the mosque and very kindly he would distribute udi to the devotees. Here in uh, line number four, he is saying that Maya, she is a great actress and like a seasoned actor. Most of the great sages and saints, they are actually performing an act over there. See, when I keep on saying that you should become the Amitabh Bachchan of acting. here what we are trying to say is your true calling that whatever you know what is your true self sorry is not the one that you think you are you are this body that is what you think you are isn't it and body is actually nothing but an illusion so what you are supposed to do is you are acting enacting a role it is just like when you are enacting in front of your child and saying hey don't do this you are actually not firing the child you are you are doing a little bit of enactment and in uh, you have seen in the past you have yourself done some sort of an enactment in your life you know you have done some sort of an enactment with children with people around you and that is what you have to continue to do that means if you are a husband or if you are a wife you have to be the best spouse in the world basically it's nothing but an enactment you are just performing a role and in the role if there is an emotion involved of crying or laughing or singing or dancing you better do that perfectly if you go for any movies and if you look at the great actors who are performing if they are singing and dancing or or they are crying don't you feel that they are doing it so real so understand the truth what you are doing in front of these people are actually an enactment of a role what you have to do what you have to understand is you are not that person that person is just an actor and you are the true real self yeah yeah it has to look very very convincing <laughs> you better be a convincing actor you have to win oscar see or film fair awards whatever <laughs> so your acting has to be perfect all right and it has to be so good that when you have to shout you have to shout but remember after shouting don't go into a tirade after that okay because you know argument will happen and one word two words three words four words it keeps on tu tu mai mai tu tu mai mai then that will start no you have to stop your acting in time otherwise it will become overacting and after that it will become 
डुक्कर के जैसा बोलते हैं उसको हैमिंग आई नो आई डोंट नो डिट यू अंडरस्टैंड द जॉक इट्स ओके नो प्रॉब्लम ओके एंड द लविंग डिवोटिस वुड ऑल्सो एम्ब्रेस इज द थिंग ऑन इज द इंटरनेट ऑन ओके बिकॉज इट्स ऑल फ्रोजन फॉर मी ओके एंड द लविंग डिवोटी वुड ऑल्सो एम्ब्रेस हिज फीट एट वंस स्टैंडिंग ओवर देर and would gaze into his face while they were being showered with the udi baba would also pour udi in their palms by the handful putting a little on their forehead with his thumb such was the irrepressible love in his heart for that devotee go bow go and have your meal anna go and enjoy a delectable meal go go everyone to you on your houses then so he would say to them all Although it is no longer possible to experience it, such happy times of the past, associated with a particular place and a particular time in Shirdi, can yet be conjured when it is brought to the mind with concentration. Let us then concentrate the mind thus and gaze at Baba's form from the toes right up to the face and prostrating before him with a loving devotion. Let us continue with our narrative. At the end of the last chapter, the listener was been had been told that Baba had unfolded the significance of a shruti at the hands of a maid servant. Das Gano had started writing in a Ishavasya Bhavata Bodhini, but as some doubts arose in his mind while writing it, he brought them at the feet of Sadguru in Shirdi. The word that Baba uttered on this occasion: "When you go back, the maid servant in Kaka's house will resolve your doubts." These words form the context of the present narrative. From here we continue the story. Let the listeners listen carefully so that when they hear what they hear will be faultlessly clear. To explain in verse form word to word the significance of the Upanishad Ishavasya for those who do not know Sanskrit. This was the keen desire in Das Gano's mind when he started rendering it as Ishavasya Bhavartha Bodhini into an easily understandable Marathi. This Upanishad is full of profound abstruse significance. He did translate it word for word, but Ganudas was not satisfied or happy in his mind until its profound significance was grasped. The essence of the four Vedas is the real treasure of the Upanishads, but without God's grace it is most difficult to attain. If one were to say that I am proficient in learning and with my own efforts I will try to understand the Upanishads and give an adequate exposition of the same then such a thing is just not possible even to the end of the world without the guru's grace obstacles come in the way and the mysterious essence still remains unfathomed every step of the way is riddled with difficulties but he who surrenders wholeheartedly to the guru will face no difficulty in this in the least and the profound significance opens up before him on its own such is the science of self knowledge a weapon to it to destroy the birth death cycle only those who are free from egotism and emancipated from the bondage of worldly life have the authority to give an exposition of it this is a very important aspect that you need to understand see first and foremost ego is the root cause of you not taking into account what you are there for see look at it from this point of view jesus christ could expound could say a lot of things and could give his teachings to his people while the rest of them couldn't think about it like this now jesus christ is being led towards the place where he is going to get crucified everybody over there is thinking about him and they are going in their minds about what they were uh, you know how their interaction with him was so let us say for example peter paul whoever that is there you know mary mother mary magdalene or mary his sister or whoever that is going over there they are seeing him from their own perspective his sister would think about all the things that she would have done with her brother okay mary would be thinking about what jesus said to her peter would be thinking in those terms so everybody is individually focused on what their relationship with jesus was 
But when Jesus was put on the cross with so much of pain and so much of problems, you know, that are there connected to the body, can you imagine nails being driven through your body and all that? It's a very painful experience. Yet, even after such a painful experience, he was still thinking about the people. He was still thinking that Father should forgive everybody over there. He was looking down on everybody over there and he was taking them into his own account. He was not focused on one individual over there. So what happens is the ahankara has to be sublimated. If there is an ego and even an iota of ego, you are not allowed to speak or you are not even allowed to give any exposition of anything. So that is the first thing that you got to understand. Then the second one is surrender has to be complete. See, you have received your knowledge from one particular source. Your surrender has to be complete to the Guru. And if he has given you the express permission, only then can you, you know, can you write on a particular subject or you can do an exposition on it or you can do something about it. Otherwise, you cannot. Till this is there, you cannot. So he who surrenders wholeheartedly to the Guru will face no difficulty in the least and the profound significance opens up before him. Such is the science of self-knowledge, a weapon through it is destroy the birth-death cycle. Only those who are free from egotism and emancipated from the bondage of worldly life. Bondage of worldly life is a very important word. We are completely trapped in our worldly life whereas the whole world is concerned. We are always, you know, thinking about relationships, you know, attachment, so on and so forth. We cannot have any of those. Because if you are going to have a relationship with your devotees, with the devotees in front of you, you are going to have a relationship with them, not with your dear, near and dear ones, not with family, friends, relatives and all. You cannot. And that is the reason why you have to give up this kind of a bondage. Have authority to give an exposition of it. And when we rely on such person, people, then in a moment the true meaning dawns upon us. The mental impediments are removed and the obscure meaning becomes revealed. While translating Ishavasya into Prakrit, Das Ganu was in the same position. But when Sainath bestowed grace on him, the difficulties in his word disappeared. The knowledge of Sanskrit was inadequate. But bowing reverently at the feet of the Acharya Vidyaranya and Sri Sai Baba, he began writing his verses. Uh, Vidyaranya Swami, that is the one we are talking about over here. Okay, Das Ganu's speech was like a stream of milk and Baba's grace was the sugar added to it. May the listener savor for a moment that continuous flow of sweetness. But this is just the way of an introduction to the Bhavartha Bodhini. Bhavartha Bodhini. Knowledge which is translated, okay, translated, knowledge which is translated for very simple purposes. Artha, Artha is the meaning. So, meanings are given in that. To know its vital significance, the, li the listener should see the original. The purpose of my story here is, however, quite different. Listen to it now. Just see how Maharaj resolved the difficult difficulty of abstruse passage from the book which the devotee was reading without himself uttering a word. And this is the real purpose of this story, which is all that I wish to narrate to the listeners in brief and in essence. So listen attentively. Das Ganu wrote the commentary in verse form, which was acclaimed by learned pundits. His harsh desire was fulfilled, but one doubt still remained. He put it before the pundits. A great debate followed, but still no one could resolve it satisfactorily. Meanwhile, Das Ganu happened to go to Shirdi for some work. And quite effortlessly, his doubt got resolved. He went to Sai Baba's darshan. He prostrated in obeisance, placing his head on Baba's feet, which made him feel pleased and happy. A gracious look from the saint, sweet words from the saint's mouth, their smiling countenance, these alone bring great good fortune to the devotees. The mere darshan of the saint washes away all the sins. Then who can describe the great merits accumulated by those who are always in their company? And so, Ganu, from whence this sudden appearance said Baba, are things well with you? Are you content and happy at heart? And Das Ganu replied, when I enjoy the protection of your grace, why should I be sad at heart? No, indeed, I am very happy. But you yourself know everything too and ask these questions only as a matter of convention. So this is an important thing you have to understand. The, when, when the sage is there, he will ask you certain questions. So, how are you? How are things with you? How are things happening in your place? So on and so forth. It is important to respond. 
knowing fully well that they have complete knowledge of it yeah, but in front of you they are going to say that they need to know from your mouth it is till you do not express these things the associate karma with that can never be removed please understand this so it is always important to express god knows everything isn't this what we say god knows everything but why do we go and do the confessions in front of god if god knows everything i don't need to do confession isn't it no the reason is because the karma associated with that which is a part which i am keeping in my mind holding it up i need to express it and put it at the feet so always remember don't try to hide things because that will cause a lot of problems and extra karmic loops so always stay away from that kind of things so he says so ganu from when this sudden appearance and things are things well with you are you content and happy at heart and das ganu replied when i enjoy the protection of grace why should i be sad at heart no indeed i am very happy but you yourself know everything too and ask this question as a matter of convention in my mind i am aware also as to why you are asking about my welfare you yourself make me start something and when the work begins to take shape suddenly you put such an obstacle in the way that try as you may nobody can remove it and thus the dialogue continued while das ganu was pressing baba's feet when he gently asked baba the question about ishavasya bhavartha bodhini baba as i sit down to write ishavasya bhavartha bodhini my pen falters as doubt and misgivings assail my mind baba please explain them to me see these are these are doubts which are always thrown in the middle if you are doing some exposition you are doing some writing you will come with what is called as a writer's block you know in the in a normal world they are called the writer's block you don't know you cannot move ahead and that writer's block has been put over there because you have yet to learn something over there do you understand the reason why the knot is there is because you have yet to learn something and that something has to first open up if that thing doesn't open up you will you cannot move ahead so you have to supplicate to this deity to this particular divinity to this person to this guru and you have to say to him whatever is the issue can you please solve this for me if you are not going to use these words nothing is going to move ahead so as far as the story is going you know jaydeva jaydeva i am sure you know about jaydeva story but still i will repeat it for you jaydeva was writing a very beautiful book okay now this particular book is a love story between krishna and radha this happened a couple of hundreds years ago now when he was writing the story he had come to a point where he stops he is not able to continue because there was a point when krishna is supposed to touch radha's feet now jayadeva was wondering how can he write such a blasphemous thing how can the god touch the feet of a woman see he still thought of radha as a woman not understanding that radha is the self of krishna alone but when he had that doubt in his mind oh she is a woman and krishna the god should not touch her feet so he left it at that and he said i don't know what to do and he goes to take bath suddenly after some time he comes back and then 5 minutes later he walks away again a few a few minutes later again he comes back so when he goes to his room to see in the room he finds that that particular verse has been completed so he comes out and asks his wife he says who has completed that verse i have not done it who is the one who has done it so his wife says oh just 15 minutes ago you had come for 5 minutes and you went out again so he realizes that it was krishna who had come in his own guise and has completed the verse and gone away from there see this is how it happens you will find that your inspiration will be sorted out by the divine on its own don't worry about it but first you need to put it at the feet of the lord you have to first tell him that i need an answer for this can you please give me an answer for this if you don't ask you are never going to get it so always remember if you are stuck up if you are writing something and if you are stuck up it has happened because there is something that you need to listen or understand it's only when you understand that you can proceed further 
He then narrated to Baba in detail what had happened, putting before him also the doubt that defiled the solution. Defied solution. And then Das Ganuk entered at Sainath. Baba, all my efforts in writing this book has been wasted. You know full well the story of my Ishavasya. Unless this doubt is cleared, the deeper significance of the book cannot be grasped. Maharaj then blessed him saying, Be happy and pray. What is so difficult in all this? As you return to the place from where you came, the maid servant of Kaka's house will most surely solve your doubt. Kaka here refers to Bhavashayib Dikshit who was one of Baba's loving devotees, engaged all the time in serving his guru with his body, speech and mind. This Hari Bahu lived in a suburb called Vileparle, which is situated at a small distance from the famous Bombay city. His real name as given to him by his parents was Hari and though people called him Bahu Sahib, Baba had given altogether a different name. Vileparle is a place where the local airport is, Santa Cruz airport as we call it, is the closest from Parla station. Okay, Santa Cruz station is little bit further down. Vilapalli station is a straight road. Kaka Mahajani he called Baba Kaka, Bade Kaka and Nana Sahib Nimonkar, Old Man Kaka and Bhau Sahib the name, the Lame Kaka and sometimes also as Bambaya Kaka. Lame Kaka means Langada Kaka. <laughs> okay, father and mother gave one name to the child in the horoscope. And it is another. Sometimes a person is also addressed by a nickname. Varied are the customs that prevail. When Maharaj gave such various names to people, from time to time the same names became prevalent and the devotees too accepted them lovingly and felt honored, as if they were titles of the special merit. Sometimes Bhikshu, one who solicits arms, sometimes Kaka, such was the stamp that Baba had put on Dikshit and it was by the name Kaka that Dikshit came to be commonly known among the people of Shirdi. Das Ganu was quite surprised and everyone else was puzzled. What? Kaka's maid servant? Of all the people, how was she going to solve the puzzle? One day it so happened in my, in my world also, one very funny incident happened. Now, association with this body gives me a particular name. And because I was starting a very important book at that point in time, I was wondering what is it that I have to do? So at that particular time, Swami Riyanandal's call was there, I was talking to him. And while I was discussing some things with him, so he said, you know what, you are Suresh Guru from Bangalore. <laughs> so I was very happy to hear those words. I said, Acha, my name is Suresh Guru from Bangalore. That is very nice to know that. So, so and that is a name which if I ever have to address, uh, you know, when I have to call their place up, I will always say Suresh Guru is calling from this place. And that is how the name has come. So, so now see what Das Gano is saying. Das Gano is wondering, how can a maid give a response? A maid is somebody who is, you know, not having much education and so on and so forth. So the doubts are there. After all, a maid is a maid. What education can she have? What can be so great about her learning or wisdom? It was all most extraordinary. Oh, where the profound learning required for the exposition of the Shrutis and where the intellectual capacity of a maid servant, Maharaj must be joking, said all the people. Everyone thought that Maharaj must be really joking. But to Das Ganu, even the jesting remark was full of significance. To the people who heard these words of Sai, they appeared outwardly to be uttered lightly, light-heartedly. Not so to Das Ganu, who felt that there, there was the truth. And although people thought that Sai had said it jokingly, yet as usual they became eager to watch the Leela arising out of these words. Whether the words were spoken in jest or not, they were never pronounced in vain. For every word that Baba spoke was a mine of deep significance. What Baba uttered was not merely words, but were the Brahma Likit, not a word of which was in vain and would come true at the proper time. This was Das Ganu's faith, firm faith. Whatever else it might mean to others, as your faith, whatever you might repose it, so is the fruit that you will get it. As is the faith, so is the fruit. As is the faith, so is the power. The more loving is the heart, the purer is the knowledge too. Most eminent among the jnanis that he was, Sai's words will never be futile and it is his promise that he will fulfill the wishes of the devotee. Guru's words are never in vain. Listen to this story with all your heart and the sorrow of worldly life will vanish and you will be on the spiritual path. Das Ganu returned to Parle and to the house of Kaka Sahib Dikshit with an eagerness to see how Kaka's maid would serve the purpose. 
Next day at dawn, while Das Ganu was still in his bed and enjoying the sweet morning snooze, early morning snooze, a wonderful thing happened. A small kunbi girl was heard singing in a melodious voice, the sweet nose of which smote Dada's gun, Dada, Das Ganu's heart. On hearing the song with his deep melodious strains and with the beauty of its composition, his heart was captivated as if listening to it in the most uttermost attention. He got up with a start to his attention was caught by the meaning of the song. He kept on listening with concentration and it brought him great happiness. Whose child is she? He asked, who is singing so solemnly, so tunefully. But she was indeed but she had indeed solved the great puzzle of Ishavasya. And so this is the maid servant. Let me see her, through whose rustic refined tongue I have realized the significance of the Shruti. As he came out to see, it was really a Kunbi girl who was scrubbing the vessels in Kaka's Mori. Mori is a place where you clean all the vessels. On inquiry, he found that there was a servant named Namya at Dikshit's house and this girl was his sister. So this was the maid servant at Kaka's house. But his doubts were indeed removed by her song. What can the saints not do? Even a he a buffalo was made to recite the Vedas by Nyaneshwar. In one of the stories where Nyaneshwar, you know, all the Brahmins in that locality, they are deriding Nyaneshwar. They are saying that your father and mother have taken, they have committed suicide, you know. So you are not entitled for singing all these, uh, you know, giving uh, the knowledge about the Vedas. So when they are deriding him at that point in time, Nyaneshwar looks at these people and says, you know what, all these uh, great verses that you are saying about through the Vedas, you think you have knowledge? He says, even this buffalo has a knowledge. And then he tells the buffalo, can you recite a verse? And the buffalo recites a verse in front of all these people. <laughs> you know, shaming them, saying that, see, even a buffalo is able to recite a verse from the Vedas. That's what the meaning is. Such was the girl singing. Das Ganu was fully satisfied. And everybody realized the great significance of what Baba had said even jestingly. Some say that Das Ganu was performing puja in the worship room in Kaka's house when he heard this song. Be it as me, the sum and the substance of it is only one. To see how Maharaj taught his devotee under the various pretexts. Stay where you are and just ask me. Why do you needlessly roam the woods and the wild searching for answers? I will satisfy your desire for knowledge. Have this much faith in me. Just before I was doing this, uh, we were doing a small reading from, uh, from the book of Gospel of Sri Ramakrishna. At that point in time, somebody asked Ramakrishna Ji, can I do this? Can I do this going somewhere? And Ramakrishna Ji tells him, you sit over here and do the reading over here only. You will get your answers over here. So the point is this, you may be going anywhere, don't worry about it. Your Guru's, the faith in your Guru will give you the answer, whatever is your faith. You remember this particular line which is mentioned over here, whatever is the faith that you have, as is the faith, so is the fruit. Isn't it written over there? The line is over here, 63 verse. As is the faith, so is the power. The more loving is the heart, the purer the knowledge. This is the most important line you need. You should always remember it. My presence fills everyone. There is no place where I am not. And for the devotion of my devotees, I appear to them anyhow, anywhere. So this eight-year-old girl with a toned rag on the tuck of a sari was singing the same of the grandeur of an orange-colored sari in a melodious song. Oh, how splendid was that gold-threaded sari. How exquisite is border. And with a marvelous padar. Padar is the pallu that you take. She was totally engrossed in the description as she sang. She, was, she had not had enough to eat, not sufficient to cover herself, yet she was filled with the joy. As the splendor of the orange sari that was somebody else's, seeing her gray, uh, gay brick spirit, um, amidst this abject poverty, Das Ganu was moved by pity and said to Moreshwar, that is Pradhan, just look at the barely covered body. Do please give her a sari, God will be pleased and you will have earned some merit. Compassionate as Moreshwar himself was, Das Ganu's request only urged him on further. He bought a beautiful sari and happily presented it to the child. To her, who was only used to eating dry coarse grain, it was like a feast of sweet, sweet meats. Such was her joy on seeing that sari. The next day she wore the sari and merely went around, around wildly gambling and dancing in a fugadi to express her joy. Fugadi is when you catch each other's hand and go round and round in circles. You know That is called fugadi. Okay, it is uh, how people play. She was in love with the sari and looked grander than all the other girls by wearing it. 
But the very next day, she put the sari in her bundle of special clothes and wrapped the same old rag around herself, but without appearing to be dispirited in any way. Though she did not wear the sari and had stored it away, yet to Das Ganu it appeared as though her entire earlier poverty had disappeared with the new vision. Although she had left the new sari at home and had come wearing a torn one, yet there was no sadness in her heart, for the want of a new sari was no longer there. See, here in this, in the, the particular explanation has not been given. But I will give you the understanding of that. Now, in this case, even Ramakrishna Paramahansa had come up with a very beautiful story. He would say that there was this lady who was working in the master's house. And every day, she would take care of the child, the master's child. And she would look at the child and she would you know, dress him up nicely, give him a bath, dress him up, give him food and so on and so forth. Why? How she would do it? She would remember her child in her own village. See, she would remember her child in her village and thinking that the child in front of her is her own, she would give him bath, give him food to eat and dress him up nicely. This is what is called remembering that while doing this work over here. So in the material world, we are all supposed to work like this. Always keeping our mind on God while doing our material worldly jobs. What is this girl doing? She is wearing torn clothes. Yet she is remembering the beautiful sari which she is having. Do you understand this? That means the beautiful Lord is what you need to always recollect and remember while doing your material worldly jobs. So mind has to be placed at the Lord's feet while we are performing our material worldly jobs. Wearing torn rags out of helplessness and doing same, one can afford better. This is called wearing your poverty with dignity. Happiness or sorrow are only a matter of feeling. This was Das Ganu's puzzle which when solved in this way led to the answer in his doubt in Ishavasya and its significance became clear. When this entire creation is overspread with the presence of God, then who can think of a place without him? This is perfect, this that is perfect, perfect comes from perfect, take perfect from perfect, the remainder is perfect. If the poverty of that child was a divine element, the tone sari also had that element. The giver, the act of giving and the gift, everything is pervaded by that one God. Remember yesterday we were doing the three things. Experience, experiencer and the experienced. Three things, isn't it? All three become one. In, this is the same explanation over here as well. So all three become one. So when the girl is thinking of that sari, she is wearing this sari, meanwhile doing her job in the material world. So thinking about the Divine Lord while performing our duties. Remember the Lord is everywhere so you can think of him anywhere. It does not really matter. In the poverty of the child was a divine element. The tone sari also had the element. The giver, the act of giving and the gift. Everything was pervaded by that one God. Read yourself totally of the feeling of I, mine and always act without ego. Enjoy what he gives you in the spirit of renunciation and dedication. Do not covet anybody's wealth or possessions. Such are Baba's powerful utterances, the truth of which was experienced by many. Without leaving Shirdi all his life, yet he appeared to the devotees everywhere and anywhere, amidst crowd or in secluded woods and jungles. He appeared at will at some places in Machindragad, to others at other places in Kolapur, Solapur or Rameshwar. To some he appeared in the usual familiar person, to other he gave darshan in day or at night, waking or in a dream, thus satisfying their desires. Innumerable are such experiences. Oh, how many can one describe? The Baba resides in Shirdi, he travels everywhere without anybody's knowledge. Now, just consider this. Who was this girl and related to whom? She was but a poor servant girl and the song about the orange sari came so naturally from her lips. That's a doubt should be put before Baba and that his maid should resolve it and that she too should be present at Kaka's place. Is this a whole arrangement not a work of Maya? First of all, how did Baba know that this maid would be there? How is it that the future date she would be singing a song to explain the significance of the Shruti? But then that it happened so is certain, Das Ganu was surprised. But his doubt was resolved with the meaning of the Ishavasya became clear to him. In their minds, the listeners might wonder, why all these plans and arrangements? Why did Baba not resolve the doubt himself, there and then? Could he not have done it there itself? But then the great significance of the incident would not have been understood. How God dwelt even in the poor little maid servant was what Baba demonstrated. See, always knowledge will only become 
solid rock solid in you if there is an experience connected to it the experience has to be profound the experience has to make you understand that this is the truth the truth can never be explained see if some words are given to you those words may have no significance you're just listening to them you're just doing pit pat like a parrot but that will not solve your issues so whatever the words are you need to have an experience connected to it it's only when the experience happens that you will understand that the truth of those words they become firmed up in you firming up is very very important okay and that is the reason why this thing has to happen to discuss the nature of the self accurately is the ultimate goal of all the upanishads this is the essence of the discipline of moksha and this is the exposition to of the real significance of the bhagavad gita living before living beings may differ from each other but their atma is one the self is the non doer of action and a non enjoyment it cannot be impure is beyond sin or merit and is free from the observances of duty or karma as long as there is a feeling of separateness that i am the high caste brahmin others belong to the caste lower than mine so long as it is necessary to perform karma the moment you keep on thinking you know i am so and so this has to be done that has to be done i am this one's son this one's daughter this one's husband this one's wife the moment you have all these things in front of you you are going to be the servant of that person please understand this you are going to be a servant till the till you die because you are now attributing your body to that other person's body whereas you are not a body you are the divine person in the body a body is just like a bottle the bottle is not the original drink the drink is inside the bottle isn't it so always consider this the association with other bottles why are you having association with another bottle see there are two bottles two bottles of the same soft drink the bottles have no significance it's what is inside has the significance isn't it so always consider the divine that is there in you not the bottle that you are not this body that you are body has no significance at all <clears throat> so that i am formless omnipresent the one and the only as none other me exists i pervade all this is a true knowledge of the self this jeevatma who is one with brahma has moved away from it that he should again become one with it as before is the definitive goal this is the dictum of all shruti smriti and vedant this is the ultimate objective that that which has moved away from should become one with brahma so long as the mind does not reach the state where it recognizes that god dwells in the heart of all beings alike so long as shri krishna rishikesh the spirit of all the creatures cannot light the torch of true knowledge when the mind is purified by observing the rites and the rituals prescribed by the shastras then gradually the knowledge of non duality will come and siddha or perfect absolute knowledge which negates sorrow suffering temptation etc will reveal itself god almighty whose presence fills all the three worlds and all the living and the non living things in them he who is himself unchanging and non doer pure and greatest among all he is the formless eternal truth remember this is what we were talking about few days ago when i said stand outside the mirror and look at yourself what who is doing over there what that is called the state of the witness the witness doesn't interfere in the working of that world the witness is just watching the whole thing to to understand the brahma first understand the witness you see before you do any activity think about yourself oh now what is he going to do who is this he you yourself understand stand outside of you stand outside of you and look at yourself and say oh now he is going to get angry why because somebody has said something bad to him when you see that you will understand how the mind works this way you are able you will be able to overcome all the anger and so many other different feelings that you come across understand this that which in reality without a form appears to have a form because of maya this worldly life exists only for him who is filled with desires to one who is detached and free from desires it's empty and futile hence one should have one's conviction beyond any doubt that the creation made up of the five elements and the living and non living creatures is insignificant while god alone is one without a second even if this discriminating knowledge about the world is not acceptable to the mind at least give up this greedy pursuit of wealth gold etc 
and if even this is not possible then know that you are capable of doing karma and continue doing it till the end of your life even if it means hundreds of years and that karma also has to be appropriate to your varna ashram as prescribed by the shastras like agnihotra and all the proper rites and rituals till the mind becomes unblemished and pure this is one way of self purification karma yoga and the other is to renounce the worldly life gnana yoga if neither of these ways is followed all that remains to be done is to go through pleasure and pain in life as ordained by the fair see we have we have done one to another and another and another and moved on and finally we have come to a point where we don't know what we are supposed to do but we can definitely do what is called as devotion isn't it it doesn't require karma yoga it doesn't require even uh, reading some fantastic texts and you know dimag ka dahi wala bolte hai na and you don't have to do any of those things you just have to focus on devotion that's it sadguru who knows the spiritual authority of which will not give the highest knowledge and the knowledge of upanishads to all for unless the principle of non differentiation is fully imbibed in the mind the message of the upanishads remain only so many words and yet such literal verbal knowledge also has to be acquired because the seekers of knowledge ask for it first hence baba sent him back saying that the maid servant will explain if baba were to explain it himself then all that happened would not have taken place and the lesson that he alone is and nothing else exists would not have come about who else is kaka's maid but me i am her, i am her is the sign that baba gave and explained the significance of ishavasya through actual personal experience see this line through actual personal experience till you do not have the experience of those words the fructification of those words does not happen they will not sink in you will not understand a word of what is being told to you you are the you should get an experience and the experience has to be very beautiful it has to give you the complete knowledge about that thing and if the knowledge doesn't come that way then you have to pursue it again in the absence of even the smallest degree of divine grace and the special favors of the sadguru it is the instructions of a siddha that is necessary for a man to get self knowledge listen carefully only to those shastras which will speak of self knowledge and speak only of the fact that i pervade everything there is nothing anywhere except me thus the true nature of the self is explained okay uh, listen carefully only to those shastras which will speak for self knowledge and speak only to the fact that i pervade everything there is nothing anywhere except me thus when the true nature of the self is explained only he who concentrates and meditates on the oneness between me and the self will appropriate will propitiate the atma thus when all discussions and concentration is upon the atma when such unswerving and constant union with the self is achieved then god is near at hand As for the stories in the following chapter, the story of Vinayak Thakur etc. will be narrated. May the listeners listen to them with respect, so that they will be attracted to spiritual subjects. These stories are also sweet, and listening to them will satisfy the longing of the listeners to the darshan of the great and the saintly. The fondly wish of the the fond wish of the devotees will also be satisfied. As darkness is dispelled when the sun rises, so will the nectar sweet story dispel Maya. Inconceivable are the leelas of Sai. who but himself can describe them adequately i am but his instrument it is he who will make me speak we'll be to all here ends the 20th chapter of shri sai samarth satcharit called isha vasya bhavartha bodhini as inspired by the saints and the virtuous and composed by the devotee hemadpan